Hi, Sonia. Hi, Margo. How, how's it going? Pretty good. How's it going for you? <laughs> All right, I guess. Are you ready to take a little break? Can you enter? I'm taking a break. Can you entertain me? <laughs> I'm good to entertain you for the next 15 to 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Excellent. Because as you might have seen in the news, yeah. King Charles III uh-huh. is relevant on American soil. Oh, I did not see. I did not. I did not see that. <laughs> Where is King Charles relevant? In the magical kingdom of Disney World in Florida. So what now? So basically, I'm going to have to take you back to 2020. (laughs) Okay. Because this all relates to the now heating up, you know, Ron DeSantis versus Mickey Mouse throwdown extravaganza. So... (laughs) Right. We know that Disney World's in Florida. Right. Yeah. And in 2020, when the pandemic happened, they put in masking measures and later vaccine mandates. And the Florida government really, really didn't like that. Big mad. (laughs) So this is when tensions kind of start. Right. But then tensions really ramped up last year. In March of 2022, when Florida passed the Don't Say Gay bill, which like limited teaching on gender identity and sexual orientation for like kids in elementary school, right? Right. So this passes on March 8th, Uh on March of 2022. And then on March 9th, there's like at this point, there had been uproar for a while internally pushing on Disney because they're like one of, if not the biggest employers in Florida to speak up and say something about it. Right. So finally, on March 9th, Disney CEO Bob Chapek says that he opposes the legislation and he tells investors that he had called DeSantis to, quote, express our disappointment and concern. (laughs) Okay. Later on, they keep staying on that on that stance of, you know, this is this is wrong, we don't support this. So then, on April 19th, uh-huh. DeSantis gets the great idea that he's going to try to dissolve this long-standing kind of special privileges that Walt Disney World has had since it opened, like, over 50 years ago. So this was called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Yeah. And it's like a local body that gets special taxing jurisdiction that basically gives Disney like almost complete autonomy in that area, right? They they could pretty much do whatever they wanted in terms of development. I mean, like, obviously, they still have to follow like laws. Don't get me wrong. Right. They're like exempt from zoning laws and stuff. Right. So basically, DeSantis decides we are going to strip Disney of its self-governing privileges starting June 1st, 2023. Yeah. And they decide that it's going to go to the state. And, you know, this moves forward and they think we're going to get more control over this district. Right. You know, he even says in January 2023, the corporate kingdom has come to an end. (laughs) This is this is Disney, famed worldwide for having like the most intense, upset, viciously rabid legal departments or whatever, like all of the lawyers in the world that he's gonna th- okay. 
just making sure that we're all on the same page of who he's decided to go into a legal battle over like some pitiful zoning issue to exert some form of control like just stand there and be emasculated Ron DeSantis by a fucking mouse yeah and I mean for for a minute there it looked like he was maybe going to come out on top of this because you know Florida lawmakers in February of 2023 had put in a bill that would give DeSantis the power to appoint five member board of supervisors to run the special district yeah and basically he signs this bill which ends Disney's special status and he hand selects five people who are loyal to him and who like are going to do what he wants to run this board however march 29th this newly appointed board of what is now called the central florida tourism oversight district okay. says that they don't have much ability to govern because of the changes introduced by the now-defunct Reed Creek Board. Because, basically on paper, right, this new board, handpicked by DeSantis, is supposed to supervise and approve all the municipal services and land (laughs) development in and around Disney World. But before this could even happen, Disney had already cut the board's powers because they realized that 19 days before DeSantis had signed the bill, the former board that was like dealing with this district had already gone into like legal contracts with Disney that basically takes away the board power and hands that power back to Disney. So this is called a declaration of restricted covenants, which allows Disney to have the final say on any changes to the property. And it requires that this board gives Disney any plans Mm -hmm. for any alterations. So they have to know everything going into it, which basically means that the board is kind of allowed to maintain roads and maintain basic infrastructure, but they can't actually make meaningful changes without Disney being on board. And because of the way that they put together this contract, it is tied to King Charles III because it's using a rule against perpetuities. So the conditions in this legal agreement, quote, will continue until 21 years after the death of the last survivor of the descendants of King Charles III. So basically, as long as the British monarchy keeps being alive, like the British royal family keeps having descendants... Uh, they cannot stop Disney from doing this. So they just like went ahead and they were like, okay, we're going to lose this fight. Like he's going to pass this law. So we're just going to undermine any power that this board would have in this situation anyway. Now, of course, DeSantis is throwing an absolute fit right after this, um, threatens to, Uh you know, levy taxes on nearby hotels, add tolls to any of the roads around Disney. At one point, he was even talking about building a prison right next to Disney World, because that seems like a great idea, I guess. I just, okay, so like, I know that we need to actually get into like, what is up with these, with this clause, but also like, people love Disney World. Why would you 
why would you do anything that's going to make it harder for people to get to Disney World if you are an elected official? People, especially like those middle America or like Florida people or whoever is like voting for him and he supposedly wants to like run for president or whatever, like all of the people that he would have to count on, like Disney World vacation is like their dream. Why would you? Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, there's also the whole crisis about all the draconian LGBT laws down there at the moment, not to mention the restrictions on abortion. Like, the NAACP has issued a travel warning about not going to Florida at this point. So, you know, the fact that he's picking a fight with Disney is the one, one actually funny thing I can talk about in this case. So this, this weird clause, they're like, what's up with this? Okay, so this clause actually has a kind of interesting historical precedent where, right, it's called the rule against perpetuities. The rule against perpetuities is a legal rule in common law, and it stops people from putting too many restrictions or exerting too much control over their will normally. So, right, it's the idea that you can't make rules in perpetuity for how your land or your Mm -hmm. estate or your possessions are going to be used because we don't want a situation where, you know, for hundreds of years we're following whatever this person said, right, who is now dead. Right. And it all actually started in 1682 with the Duke of Norfolk's case. And what happens is basically you have Henry Howard, who was the 15th Earl of Arundel, and he tried to create this very convoluted will where some of his property would pass to his eldest son, Thomas, and then some of it would go to his second son, Henry. Right. But then if Thomas died or was incapacitated, Henry could take over Thomas's property. But then in in that event, then Henry would have to give up some of his land that he originally gets to another son, Charles. So it was so many convoluted things like this in this will. Like the, the father, uh, Henry Howard, actually provided like stipulations and provisions on passing down land to grandchildren who were not yet born. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like future hypothetical grandchildren were being accounted for in this will where it's like, you know, if so-and-so has a child, they get this and then someone else has to give up this parcel of land. So this then actually comes to pass where at a certain point, so it actually does come to pass that Henry, the son, who becomes the sixth Duke of Norfolk had succeeded to Thomas's property, right? So he has gained Thomas's property, which means that his other property that he originally inherited is supposed to go to his younger <laughs> brother, Charles. But Charles sued to enforce his right to that land. But they bring this before the House of Lords in England and they say, no, we're not enforcing this. <laughs> your dad was an absolutely ridiculous man and this will makes no sense like it seems kind of silly that we're going to perpetually tie up land ownership and who is going to be able to buy and sell this land forever on the word of someone who is dead (laughs) so and and this kind of shifted and changed in terms of how long your will could stand uh, for quite a long time. But at a certain point, mm-hmm. 
you know, there came this idea that, all right, after 21 years, it should it should be either, you know, you, you can you can have a say after 21 years and then it changes. So then we see this development of then attaching it to a royal family. To get around the barring of like this goes on into perpetuity. Yes, exactly. So to this day, it's still kind of a common thing within the UK and in Commonwealth countries. Like okay. I know for a lot of the oil operations in Alberta, the land will be held under, you know, until the death of so and so, and then 20 years after within the monarchy. And Disney just went ahead and said, "We're going to pull from this this playbook." <laughs> that's that's awesome. This is the problem. Okay, so this is the problem with this hilarious issue is that I. I, I don't know who to root for because normally I'm like, fuck Disney into the ground. They are the worst and I hate everything about them. But now I'm like, hmm, hmm, uh, I don't know. You know, like, who, who do I want to come out on top here? And I think I have to say Disney, which is destined to me, but... Yeah, it feels like when you come to the end of like a TV series or a movie franchise and like the previous season's villains are showing up to fight like the main villain. Like Disney was a season one villain, but now DeSantis is the bigger bad guy and they're like, wow, this is too bad even for us. And I, for one, am following the news to see how this goes, because we now have Disney suing DeSantis, right. alleging that he is threatening their business and, right. you know, that this is clearly Retali retaliatory. Exactly. And now as of May 1st, the chairman <laughs> of the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, which used to be the Reedy Creek District, announced that they were going to sue Disney in state court. And again, I just think that this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Right. Like you're taking on a fight with Mickey Mouse. The world is on fire. Can you care about literally anything else? But on the other hand, it is very funny. And I hope it, it distracts them at least a little from passing more hate crimes. <laughs> like literally just like legal, legal hate crimes. Yep. Well, cool. That's a whole ridiculous story. And I'm, I'm super glad that we talked about it. And I hope that Ron DeSantis gets fucked. <laughs> And that's that from Bobby Yaga Break Time. Thanks for taking a break. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. More breaks. Bye bye. This Bobby Yaga Break Time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.